I'm sort of the rock star. Hey, it's Chris Wendelkin, and this is On the Line, the NBA Deep Dive Podcast. Welcome back. The NBA season's here. How you doing? If you're new to the show, you can tweet at us at onthelineunderscorepod. underscore pod. Find us on Instagram. Uh, send us any of your NBA questions, real or fantasy, to onthelinepod at gmail.com. Check out previous episodes on our website, onthelinepodcast.com. Hop into an old deep dive. Check out one of our old drafts. All that stuff's up there. Last, if you could rate, review, subscribe to the show, and Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. We greatly appreciate it. All right, guys. Welcome back. Uh, holy cow. Basketball is here. I don't know. I, I, apparently, there was a, a preseason. I don't know when it began, when it ended, but all of a sudden, the regular season NBA is here. I couldn't be more excited. You may or may have not heard the NBA had a bit of a uh, dust-up, bit of a public relations nightmare the past 10 days, two weeks, with everything happening in China. Um, ben and I have both been super busy, kind of burning the candle at both ends, um, but we have been chomping at the bit to talk about this China thing, make a little sense of it, and kind of just air some grievances. And uh, yeah, here it is, my conversation with the one, the only, Ben Croft. All right, we are back. On the line is uh, my co-host, Ben Crobb, BC. Uh, how you doing, man? How's, how's everything down there in Philly? Oh, everything's fantastic, Chris. Uh, really, really excited about, about today's episode. Me too. Um, before we hop into it, a couple of housekeeping details. First, I want to say welcome and thanks again to Leatherette, Andy Harbour, and Richard Roberts for the wonderful uh, intro they've provided, uh, provided us. Um Ben, of course, I want to remind you again, we are closing in on OTL 100. That's our 100th episode. Mm, amazing. Uh, obviously, we don't have an exact date yet for the uh, 100th episode, but please mark your mental and emotional calendar that is coming up, OTL 100. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, Ben, the NBA season remarkably starts on Tuesday night. It begins with the Pelicans and Raptors at 8, and then the Clippers and the Lakers at 1030 Eastern. So very excited about that. Um, but today, Ben, we are going to be talking about uh, China. <laughs> That's right, <laughs> China. That. We are, we're going to be yeah. talking about the NBA and the controversy with China. Now, Ben, I understand that you have a statement that you uh, have put together that you'd like to uh, read here at the top of the show. So uh, without further ado, take it away. The, uh, the, the floor is all yours. Uh, thank you, Chris. <clears throat> I speak on behalf of the entire OTL organization when I say that I condemn and denounce Houston Rockets general manager Daryl Morey for his inappropriate and regrettable tweet expressing support for the pro-democracy protest taking place in Hong Kong. Now, I don't want to get into a word or sentence feud with Daryl because we all know about word and sentence feuds and how those work. But Daryl was obviously only thinking about himself, not others, when he tweeted. He should have been thinking about me, Ben Kral. Yeah. Because of Daryl's misinformed, uneducated, inappropriate, and very, very selfish tweet, I, Ben Kral, was incredibly inconvenienced these past couple weeks. Thanks to selfish Daryl, as I call him, I was forced to read all sorts of articles about China and Hong Kong, which I used to think were just two names for the same place. This is time that I could have spent working out, gaming, 
flexing in the mirror while working out, flexing in the mirror while gaming, or masturbating. But instead, I had to Google and read articles. Trying to read those articles made me feel confused and sad. It was a very difficult week for me. So I blame Daryl for that. It was really, really inconsiderate of him. And I condemn Daryl for being so selfish and uneducated and for harming me spiritually. And I also condemn selfish Daryl for harming the good and pure and perfect government of the People's Republic of China. We here at OTL love China deeply, and we resolutely respect the national sovereignty and territorial integrity of China, which obviously and definitely includes Hong Kong, Taiwan, Tibet, Macau, and China's claimed territories in the South China Sea. By the way, Tiananmen Square is a beautiful public space in the center of Beijing where nothing bad has ever happened, and it's a great place to visit if you're a tourist. There's a uh, really neat art museum there. Uh, we appreciate China and all the good they do, not only at home but across the world. Uh, and in summation, we love everything they're about. Yep. Uh, and we can't believe that Dirty Daryl would be so mean and misinformed and uneducated and... Uh, need I say selfish uh, as to do that bad and dirty and wrong and totally inappropriate thing that he did to China it was so mean and it hurt China's feelings very badly and everyone in China is sad now um, and Daryl needs to think about that Daryl was a bad boy and he knows what he did was bad and he's in trouble now we are so deeply disappointed in Daryl we apologize to China on behalf of Bad Daryl, and once again, we are so so sorry, China. Sorry, and China. we love you, Ch and we love you, China. Thank you, China, and thank you to our listeners. Wow, man, I couldn't have said it any better myself. Uh, was it Dirty Daryl? Is that what we're calling Daryl now? Um, well, Darryl you know, selfish, selfish Daryl, dirty Daryl, bad Daryl. Uh, these are all uh, different, you know, appropriate and accurate names. Fantastic. Um, that you know, I, I just I think it's important that that we refer to him uh, in 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 these ways. A stirring, a stirring statement from you, Ben. Uh, thank you on behalf of of the whole OTL organization. You make us proud. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, I couldn't have said it better myself. China, we, yeah. we are very sorry for the last just, week or two of bad press and just yeah. all the negative tweets. Uh, we are very sorry about that, China. Yeah, and, I think uh, it's just really important for all of our listeners to know where we stand uh, on this uh, China, very... let this podcast episode today be our apology love letter to you. Yes, um, we are very sorry, and we hope this podcast is a small token of our appreciation to you, China, and we hope to mend the wound that Daryl Morey very sadly ripped open last week, last uh, last Friday night. So yes, hopefully ben, this podcast can be the first step in the healing process. Ben, what why don't we uh, for our listeners really quickly? Can we just recap what exactly happened? Who are the key players? What are the key events? Just a broad overview of this Daryl Morey uh, situation mishap. 
basically, Daryl Morey, if if I understand correctly, Ben tweeted on uh, last Friday night. Uh, yeah, as, October October fourth, Friday, October fourth. Yeah. He was tweeted, the faithful uh, day. Fight for freedom, stand with Hong Kong. Yeah, that's and, right. And uh, Rocket Rocket's owner Tillman Fertitta uh, sort of um, immediately responded later that night, saying that uh, Daryl Morey's uh, opinions are his own. They don't represent. Uh, they don't represent what the Rockets are about, and he doesn't. He didn't want to offend anybody, and he doesn't. Yeah, wanna... Daryl Morey does not speak for the Houston Rockets, and we are not in, a uh, in capital letters not a political nope. organization. In fact, thank you they for pro, Rockets are pro China. They are pro business. They yep. are anti democracy. Nothing they, political about that whatsoever. They stand with. They stand with China. They stand with money. They do not stand with those protesters in Hong Kong. Yeah. Um, and so basically the NBA has had a, basically a, a PR kind of disaster the last a week An and absolute half, two fucking weeks. shit tornado. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would call it. And so we've had subsequent players, the commissioner, all kind of giving their opinion on what was correct and what, where does the NBA stand uh, yeah. on its business Ch- relationship China- with China. China, of course, responded with a immediate and extremely harsh uh, backlash, uh, you know, against um, basically in response, um, you know, severing business ties, uh, tell, you know, saying that they were not going to be uh, airing any Houston Rockets games, threatening a possible blackout of the entire league, um, you know, cutting off, um, you know, sort of revenue streams right. and shoe deals and um, all, all sorts of things, uh, just like everything they could possibly, uh, you know, do to, uh, to make an example, uh, of this one poor, unfortunate man and his tweet on a Friday night. Well, let me begin, Ben, uh, by saying on a personal note, kind of a hilarious note and somewhat obvious note, like, like so many people in the media and the NBA have already qualified themselves with, with saying, let me say, Ben, right now on this podcast, that contrary to whatever you may believe, Ben, I do not have a degree in Chinese history. Oh, really? Yeah. So whenever I speak about this matter, it's just important for you to know that I do not have a, a, a college degree in Chinese history. So I'm just mm. learning the facts and I'm just educating myself on the situation, Ben. Yeah. Um, but I still feel, Ben, that I am entitled to an opinion on this matter. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm not sure you're right about that, Chris. I I think that you might want to just keep your mouth shut. I have if, to keep uh, my mouth if, shut. If you ha- if you uh, don't if, have uh, so several only, advanced degrees in so Chinese history, only people with and geopolitics degrees in international politics and Chinese history have a right. Interesting. Okay, so yeah, yeah. Well, I was gonna I was gonna maybe throw throw some love at a at a writer who I've been reading a lot. Uh, this guy named Tom Lay at Deadspin. He wrote something pretty succinct and. Maybe I'll just read it aloud and we can sort of debate the merit of his his sentiment. But he said uh, in a piece that he wrote on Deadspin, quote, Over the last few days, many people in the NBA and wider sports media world have settled on a basic talking point when discussing the ongoing international incident that Rockets GM Daryl Morey kicked off when he tweeted a message of support for pro-democracy protesters in Hong Kong. Quote, It's complicated. But is it all that complicated? Is the question of whether one should feel sympathy for demonstrators who are being tear-gassed and beaten in the streets a complicated one? 
And what about the question of whether an authoritarian government should attempt to censor and financially harm an American sports league over a single tweet, end quote. So Ben, am I to understand you correctly when you say it is, in fact, complicated and and we should be censoring free speech and we should be attempting to censor and financially harm American sports leagues over tweets? Is that what you're telling telling me? Oh, yeah, 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 of course. No, it's much too complicated, Chris. We shouldn't, no one should speak uh, about anything no one should say anything. Uh, everyone should just continue going about um, the uh, incredibly fun and entertaining business of, uh, of basketball. We all love basketball, right, Chris? We're we, talking about... We Z- all, do you, we all wait, love Wait, let me basketball. ask you. Do you, like, do you like watching Zion Williamson dunk a basketball? Love it. I love it. Well, there you go. Zion. That's all you need to know. That's all you ever need to think about, Chris. But Ben, what about... What if, what, what if, some, of, uh, what if some of our business partners, Ben, what if we find out that maybe they are doing anti-democratic things? Are you saying we should still just turn a blind eye and just appreciate, just appreciate the basketball product for what it is and, and, and not investigate some of the, the, the humanitarian practices of our business partners? Is that what you're really saying? Yeah, no, of course. I mean, there's really, there's no need to do that. It's, it's so far away. It's so complicated. Yeah. Uh, you know, they don't even speak English over there. Did you know that, Chris? They speak a completely different language. They have a wow. whole, you know, history uh, 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 for themselves that none of us know about. Um so, you know, really, it's, it's just a lot easier and, frankly, a lot more pleasant so uh, you, to, to watch basketball and to buy uh, sneakers yes. and buy basketball posters and jerseys, uh, subscribe to League Pass, yes. uh, things of this nature. So you are sympathetic to the plight of the Chinese, not to the protesters in Hong Kong. You feel that China, our ally, our friend, has been wronged by the <laughs> NBA. Is that correct? Oh yeah, of course. I mean, what what Dirty Daryl did was uh, just absolutely beyond the pale. Um, uh, and you, right. you don't feel. <laughs> I'm struggling here to keep up this bit. I feel like maybe we should transition into actual sincere sincerity, non-ironic commentary. <laughs> yeah. uh, we could definitely just keep this going yeah. the entire time, like as we did with like our. JJ Reddick draft yeah. or our <laughs> rewatchables episode, um, but I'm I'm already just so exhausted and yeah. and depressed by this issue that um, yeah, it's really bad. I I think that um, yeah I think that uh, listen I I I know that we're gonna have this conversation as every other you know basketball podcast uh, has had and uh, you know we're gonna get into it and hash it out and talk about our various levels of understanding and whose side we land on and yada yada. And yep. then the bottom line is we are going to go back to watching basketball and probably not thinking or reading that much about this uh, whole uh, situation. Um, I mean, I like to think that uh, what Daryl Morey did was like maybe open a bit of a Pandora's box. Um mm-hmm. I, for one, have been compulsively uh, following the story, um, like to a, a totally obsessive degree. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'm gonna stop that anytime soon because I, I, it's just like so, it's so, uh, it's so like deep and 
dark and fucked up and not ever going to end, I don't think. Like, I can't, I just don't see how this resolves um, in any way that is satisfactory. Um, uh, Maybe ever. I don't know. Like, uh, it's, like, really crazy to me. And it's also, like, we should definitely admit, I'm not speaking for you, but I assume it's true that, before this all happened, we none we didn't think about China no. and the NBA's relationship with it in any sort of a critical light. Um, I would say, you know, take it a step further. Not only the NBA, like we participate in so many. You know, we all have iPhones, <laughs> right? Like we all have like so many products that are manufactured in China. That you know, like there's so many business practices that we participate in. That like if we looked at more closely at we would be like appalled at so yeah. there is some hypocrisy on our part on everyone's part um and like you said what really daryl Morey did was like shed some light on our on us really it's like uh, what what all this is really about is like looking in the mirror at ourselves <laughs> yeah yeah that's really true what this i don't is. and i think i don't know if he that if like that part, was his intention no. or if he obviously like i don't think it was uh, I think it's pretty safe to say if he could do it all over again, he wouldn't go about it quite the same way that he did. But if there is like any sort of a silver lining uh, to to come of this, it's that like all like what has happened now has made us actually fucking stand up and like at least question and think about and like talk about this stuff, which I think is um, good and positive, even though it is incredibly, incredibly fucking depressing and and dark and i don't really see how it's ever not going to be that yeah i mean um yeah like i said i mean i i think it's like very difficult to look in the mirror at yourself because you kind of realize there's some really ugly stuff that you've turned a blind eye to mm-hmm. and we all love and support in some way or other like massive global corporations uh, which is what <laughs> oh which is what the National Basketball Association is like it's a it, yeah. it's a it's a multinational global corporation and I mean it's one of the reasons why I love Goldman Sachs so much of course, Chris you know of you, course. you know that yeah it's um, one of my favorites but the reality is that like there's there's always a price to pay like there's someone that gets the short end of the stick you know like I said we all love our iPhones but no one likes to think about like the child in some foreign country that has to like mine to find the microchip that goes inside the iPhone or, you you know what I mean? Like, so, um, there is, there is some difficulty to looking in the mirror at yourself. And I think that is what maybe a lot of the fury with this situation is about that people don't want, people just want to be able to love the NBA. Like you said, people just want to be able to watch Zion dunk and watch league pass and watch the games on TNT and ESPN and never think about who is catching the short end of the stick. Yeah. And it turns um, out that there are people in China who uh, are catching the short end of the stick. They're in Hong Kong. And Daryl Morey, without meaning to, is just trying to I- express his support for their crusade and what they're trying to do and what they're protesting about. Um, and... I think like for me, ultimately, this is just like a free speech issue. This is because the reality is like, we're not going to be able to fix all the problems of the global economy. Like there are always going to be people being exploited. It's going to be terrible and very sad, but there is ultimately a bigger issue here about free speech that people should be allowed to express themselves without, um, 
like retribution or something like like right, I, right. I, I think it's important that people be able to state their opinions political or otherwise without uh i don't know fear of like gross consequence and i don't know or or maybe maybe we have to be more realistic about consequences happening like it like you know, maybe it isn't the worst thing in the world that, like, uh, the NBA, you know, th- this is going to affect their bottom line, basically. This, yeah. this tweet is going to affect their bottom line. And frankly, like, the NBA is going to be totally fine. <laughs> you know, like, the NBA is going to be totally fine. The Houston Rockets are going to be totally fine. The Republic right. of China is going to be totally fine. But you know who's not going to be totally fine? The protesters in Hong Kong who uh, are having their free speech crushed. Um, yeah, and and also not to mention the population of China, um, you know, a, a, a lot of whom are suffering yeah. like really badly <laughs> under right. that regime. Um, you know, most specifically the you know the, the Uyghur uh, uh, Muslim population, right. and, um, and but like all you know all sorts of people, um, anyone who uh, you know decides to voice any sort of dissenting opinion. Um, the irony uh, is like how tepid <laughs> a statement of support Daryl Morey even tweeted. Like, well, so that's it's the just, thing. It's just amazing. Like, this is the thing. I wanna, this is the thing that yeah. causes backlash. It's 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 Ex- pretty funny to me. Exactly, and that's that. That brings me to a point I want to transition to here, Chris. Um, which I keep I keep turning over in my head, and which I've like amidst all the things I've read and listened to. Um, it's the thing. It's the one thing that's like really stuck out. Um. So this was actually something that was said on, um, I got to give a shout out to Nate Duncan, um, because, uh, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the basketball podcasts that we listen to have like, you know, talked about China, talked about the story a little bit and like, sort of like, you know, spouted out some, some thoughts and, and, you know, a lot of which have been, um, you know, intelligent, I would say, um, but mostly it's like basketball people talking with other basketball people about this story and kind of how they're reacting to it from a basketball perspective right. and what it means for the league and yada, yada. And yeah, they get into like, uh, some stuff, but they don't really delve that deeply into, into the underlying issues. Um, but, uh, but Nate Duncan on his, uh, dunked on podcast had a, a guy on, uh, named Bill Bishop. Um, did you listen to that episode? It was like a couple episodes ago. It was like sort of mixed in amongst his like season team preview yeah, yeah, episodes. I did, yeah. yeah, I did hear this. Yeah. Um, but it was this this guy who who writes a newsletter called uh, Cynicism, uh, which is a plan of words. It's S I N O, uh, you know, like the the prefix for like Chinese uh, cynicism. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I had no idea who this guy was before I uh, I heard him on on Nate Duncan's podcast. But he's like a you know a, a an expert and a writer about um, Chinese, uh, uh, you know, sort of history and culture and all this stuff. So um, he had a lot of really interesting things to say. I recommend that everyone uh, seek this out and listen to it uh, for themselves. Um, uh, Nate has since had a couple other people on. I think he had Ethan Strauss on recently and talked about it. And um, he's just always like a really smart, thoughtful guy. Um but uh, but anyway, I, I really appreciate the fact that he actually sought out a an expert on China um, and not just like another basketball talking head to yeah. talk to. Yeah. Um, and so one of the things, the thing that really stuck out that Bill Bishop said, Bill Bishop was giving a little kind of backstory um, about China, about how the People's Republic of China works, the Communist Party works. Uh, and one of the things he said was, quote, um, they talked for years about sort of increasing their share of um 
international discourse power, right? They, they, the Communist Party has said that, you know, the Western media has, you know, they have too much power in the global discourse about world events and specifically about China. So they, the Chinese government, Communist Party, they want to control the global discourse about China in any language, not just in Chinese. And so this kind of, you know, leveraging the, the market and so coercing and co-opting um, people with interests in the Chinese market is part of that strategy as a way to make sure that they, they're shaping the the global conversation about China in ways that the Communist Party approves. Like what that's kind of like uh, crystallized for me, Chris, is that China isn't like, obviously they're an authoritarian slash totalitarian, um, depending on your, you know, the varying definitions of those words, uh, regime, you know, uh, autocratic government, blah, 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 like all these terms that we hear a million times and um, uh, and, and, you know, they, they suppress, uh, free speech and, and freedom of religion and all sorts of things, uh, within their own country. But above and beyond that, they are expanding that outside their own borders. So they are like, for them, it's a strategy of expansion, um, that, that the NBA has simply, and, and, and lots of other companies, um, have become, uh, complicit in, have become literal partners yeah. in, yeah. Um, and, and it's just this, like, I mean, what it, what it really comes down to is, um, you know, they're not, they're not trying to just maintain control over their own country. They're actually trying to like, uh, not to like be too dramatic, but they're trying to take over other countries. And, and, you know, if not like militarily, they're trying to take over the discourse, oh, the yeah. way the narrative. That, they're, yeah. that they're, that they're viewed, the way that they're talked about. Um, and it's working. And the NBA <laughs> and, gave voice to that. Yeah. And, and the reason it's working uh, is very simple. Uh, the reason is money. Um, that's the one thing yep. that China has that is more powerful than any military in the world. It's more powerful than any, uh, you know, single party government. It's more powerful than any uh, fucking cult of personality leader. Money is the reason um, that they are... Uh, are are winning this 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 battle? It's like, I mean, when you when you look at the at the scoreboard, and you look at the number of uh, corporations, American corporations, um, which the NBA is just the latest in a, in a long line of, including Apple and Google, and uh, you know you've you've probably heard the stories about like the guy, the Marriott, the low level Marriott employee who was fired simply for liking a tweet that mentioned uh, something about Tibet or something like that. Um, uh, you know, uh, airline companies uh, have had to um, modify their websites not to not to use the, the name Taiwan. Uh, uh, you know, there, there's there's a, a whole host of examples. Gap, um, uh, like you know, tons of tons of companies um, have have had to issue apologies to China. Um, have had to like basically publicly, you know, uh, uh, pledge allegiance to uh, the People's Republic of China. Um, and the reason yeah. that that these American companies have willingly done this um, is because they need that money. Um, yeah, they're pledging allegiance to the dollar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like to the exactly. almighty dollar. That's that's what yeah. all of this is about. It's and and in the process, they are pledging allegiance to the Communist Party of China. Right. Um, and I mean, uh, you, you know, like there's all, all this, um, you know, this stuff that's happening in like Hollywood, uh, the way Hollywood uh, censors themselves. And it's not even a, a, a matter of like, 
China punishing, um, you know, any, any, uh, anyone who they can see who speaks out against them. They do that, obviously. Um, but because of their extremely, like, you know, you, you mentioned how, like, what Maury did wasn't even that big, a, uh, you know, hu- huge a, uh, a crime, it seems like. It's not like he was, like, out in the fucking street with a banner saying, you know, China is evil. He just fucking tweeted something he didn't even write it it was an image that he tweeted um and china is threatening to boycott blackout tie like sever all business ties entirely with a like fucking you know like one the, the most popular sport uh in the country uh globally um you know one of the most popular sports globally anyway like their reaction was is so completely incommensurate with um w- with the uh underlying offense you know the crime mm-hmm. um and that is all part of their strategy. Um, they have to have this like incredibly, incredibly stringent zero tolerance policy um, because that's the way like their their sort of expansion program works. Like they can't they can't cede a single inch. They have to make an example out of every single little tiny minuscule slight. And if they do that, what that what that results in is this chilling effect where um, the the people. Uh, you know uh, uh, the 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 societies that they're trying to maintain control over begin to self censor, um, and that is as we see now what's happening in the NBA. Yeah. Um, and you know, for all of uh, uh, of uh, Adam Silver's uh, you know commentary about oh we you know we support uh, uh, Daryl Morey's uh, you know freedom to express himself and we're a league and blah, blah and like obviously like he had the the first statement, which pissed everyone off, and then he revised that statement to try to sound nicer and and, and you know more progressive, um, which actually really wasn't uh, that much different from nope. the first statement. Um, and then of course there was like the statement that got translated into Mandarin and appeared on Chinese social media, which was like really uh, <laughs> fucking uh, critical of Mori and and really bending over backwards to apologize for you know hurting the Chinese feelings and all this stuff. Um, like there's no it's there, like don't be fooled by anything that he is saying like he is falling into line and Daryl Morey wasn't fired that is true uh he was miraculously able to keep his job but uh I will bet you uh, and anyone else who wants to join in on this uh let me know uh I will I will bet money that uh there are not going to be too many more vocal protests uh or sorry, vocal, you know, statements, uh, uh, um, criticisms, um, about, um, you know, Hong Kong or anything else related to China, uh, for a pretty long time. Um, whether it comes from a player or an executive or a coach or anything. I mean, when you, when you think about, take it a step further, man. Like, I don't know. I I don't know the next time we're going to be seeing political protests in with sports figures in the United States. Like I think this is going to have a chilling a more chilling effect than we maybe even fully understand and it's what you've been talking about which is like the subliminal psychic effects that China mm-hmm. is is kind of like enacting on its partners here in the United States and they're like trying to control the narrative, they're trying to control like the what's being said and like trying to control the airwaves and stuff like that. Like what player after this whole fiasco is going to really put their neck on the line and say something politically like some sort of like hot button political thing, even as it relates to like United States politics after Mm -hmm. that, after the way they saw that 
like what the consequences of like self-expression and political political expression are like there's so much money at stake to be lost for these players that Mm -hmm. the the risk is too great and and that you know that to me is like probably maybe even like a as big of a tragedy as you know like the the this specific instance here in china is like i don't know i don't know if we're gonna see people like like speaking their mind, you know. You're right. You're right because we we we're we're already seeing, uh, you know, after LeBron, and we should talk about LeBron yeah. at some point. Um, and, and we should talk about uh, Steve Kerr. Um, but after uh, LeBron, you know, came out and said what he said, um, you you're already seeing, you know, a predictable reaction, which is everyone who was already critical of LeBron saying, "Oh, look at this, you know, fucking bootlicking, you know, communist China lover." Uh, you know, I, I knew that he didn't give a shit about anything, and all of his past statements have been completely invalidated uh, in, in in a lot of people's eyes. Um, and, and you know, the the power um, and the kind of um, sort of um, authority that his voice had previously yeah. has been tr- like dramatically diminished. I mean, frankly, even in like my eyes, slightly, which oh, is um, you know, it's it's really fucking sad uh and it's really tragic because and i don't uh by the way like subscribe to the notion that um because lebron is being a hypocrite and not speaking out against this that all of his other past statements on on domestic issues in america are invalid that's complete bullshit um obviously like the school that he built in akron ohio is still standing and still educating inner city kids like that's um uh that's not gonna be you know fucking torn down because of this uh you know uh, fucking, you know, story. So, um, but at the same time, I was like really, uh, you know, pretty fucking deeply disappointed yeah. and I'm not really going to see him quite the same way ever again after this. Uh, and I mean, look, I mean, I don't know. I've, I've read LeBron was never like my role model anyway. And he, sh- and I don't know, this is like, a whole, I don't even know if I want to get into this whole other, like, yeah. Oh, how much should we look towards, you know, athletes as like, uh, uh, you know, our public figures and then how, you know, but he was definitely unique in the NBA and in the sports world for, for being, you know, a person who's outspoken I and mean, generally on the, on the side that I am on, you, you know, and I were saying in private text chats, we were like, well, we wait till LeBron says something about this. Like LeBron will say something about this yeah. that will make sense. And I think it's fair to say, like we're disappointed. Like we yeah. we look to and, him as like, you know, like as like a leader of a union of of the sport. You know that right. like, he was supposed to do the right thing and say the right thing. Yeah, and he didn't. And that just confirms to me if if he's not going to do it, then what? other player is because he is clearly you know he does set the tone for the discourse in in the league um he is a a leader and a role model uh you know if not for the fans then for the actual other players themselves um uh and then you think on the other side uh you know steve kerr who is sort of that same uh level of of leader um you know someone someone that uh the league uh, really takes its cues from, you know, someone that, that Adam Silver and the league really kind of celebrate and, and, uh, and is proud to, you know, claim as, a, as sort of a, a progressive symbol of, of the NBA and its wokeness and all that stuff. Um, and Steve Kerr fell right into line, too. And he, t- you know, spoke for a long time about, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, at first he had the statement about how he needs to be educated more, which was complete bullshit. Then he, like, kind of came out and had a longer spiel about, 
um, you know, this and that. And he said something which was really disturbing, like kind of, you know, doing the, the both sidesism of like, oh, well, America's got its own problems. And, you know, there's plenty of issues that we need to talk about here, like, which is true, Steve, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't also talk about <laughs> anything else going on in the world. And it's just it's like, just, and also it, like to, to equate the two, like, you know, clearly I am, I am not like Mr. Fucking pro America over here. Uh, I, I, uh, I think it's pretty safe to say that, uh, yeah. America is deeply fucked up in, in all right. sorts of ways that I'm very happy to talk about right. at length. Right. Um, right. but we're not fucking China. We're not a totalitarian government, at least not yet. Um, yeah. And also, you know, we do like, like I just keep going back to the piece that Tom Lay wrote on Deadspin, which is like, this is not complicated. Like, 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 yeah. like people want to be like, Oh, it's complicated. I need to educate myself. It's not complicated whether or not, like Tom said, whether or not we should feel sympathy for demonstrators who are being tear gassed and beaten in the streets. Like, yeah. honestly, if there were people in the United States or any country for that, matter who are being tear gassed and beaten for their political opinions i would have sympathy for them especially if i didn't agree with their opinions you know what i mean yeah. like if if there were people who were protesting uh, uh you know like uh, if, if there were people if there were trump supporters who were being beaten and tear gassed for a protest that they were doing even though I don't support the Trump administration, I would still feel sympathy for those people being uh, beaten and tear gassed just based just based on that not being like a humane thing. And that's yeah. just not a complicated idea. Like basic human decency, like we, we can't stop treating people like with basic human rights just in the name of corporate greed. And that's really what this is about. Like we're looking past basic human right human rights violations in the name of the nba making money yeah it's that yeah. simple like 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 steve kerr lebron they can spin it any way they want but like and they're right we do have issues in this in this country that and we should focus on those things and we should and we will but that doesn't change the fact that like there are people being abused in a country where the nba is doing business and it shouldn't be that uh, politically complicated to say, hey, I support those people who are uh, in the streets being tear gassed right now, and I hope it works out for them. It's just not. Yeah. It's just not a crazy. Thing. <clears throat> yeah, it's not. But but again, like we're dealing with, <clears throat> excuse me, the the other you know side, the other party that they're dealing with is so incredibly hypersensitive and um and just psychotic in the in the way that they react to to, to anything. Um, that, that they have, like, they they literally just have no, um, they have no power. They have no, there it's, it's, if you say one thing, but, like dude, this I, X happens and it all, and it, and like, here's the thing they could like, to me, I think about like, okay, so what are the actual options here? Yeah. Uh, either, either everyone remains silent and literally right. becomes foot soldiers uh and and silent uh you know yeah. basically silent messengers mm -hmm. uh for chinese propaganda mm -hmm. we also by the way uh, before i forget we have to talk about joseph Tsai at some right. point yeah, yeah. um uh uh but but literally they they are all uh even if they say no comment that means that They're they are participating messengers. they are yeah. participating in they are corporate messengers messengers but they're Literally Chinese propaganda yeah. uh, messengers. Yeah. Um, even by not saying a single word, you are reifying and reinforcing 
the message coming out of the Chinese Communist Party. Yes. Um, so uh, look, so that's that's one uh, you know course that this can go, which I'm pretty sure is is how it's going to go. The other course is that someone. Uh, whoever you know, I have a feeling if 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 it's ever going to happen, it's going to be like some random dude. Actually, the one I have to give a shout out, the one uh, NBA player who expressed like a modicum of support for Daryl Morey. I don't know if you uh, saw this on Twitter, but uh, Andrew Bogut, <laughs> who I guess is not active anymore in the NBA. Um, mm-hmm. I, I believe he's like back in the Australian league in the NBL. Yeah, in Australia, um, he was like on the uh, the Warriors roster, you know, last season. Um, but I'm not sure if his contract has expired or if he's coming back. I have a feeling he's not. Um, but he's he's been outspoken. I mean, yes. he's uh, obviously an asshole and a dickhead in his own right. Um, but uh, <laughs> but he at least was like, uh, he said something like, sorry, Daryl, like now you know how I, how I feel or something like that because he's been like um, mm-hmm. uh, talking about the shit on Twitter and getting like attacked by Chinese bots and all that. Um, so, but like, he, that's it. Like it's Andrew Bogut and, and no one else. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, we, you know, we saw James Harden's reaction. Uh, which was just as pathetic as LeBron James's. Uh, it kind of like flew under the radar because you know obviously LeBron is is the is the bigger, more significant voice. But um, but Harden saying uh, he actually literally said we apologize, uh, we love you, China. Um, in fact, uh, one of the uh, phrases from my opening statement uh, was lifted directly from James Harden. Uh, quote: We love everything they're about. It was a rousing, uh, beautiful statement, Ben. <laughs> th- thank you. I appreciate that. I worked really. It came came from the heart. Worked really hard on that uh, last night. Uh, but yeah, James Harden said, quote, we love everything they're about. Everything. Everything they're about. Ugh. Everything, James, really? Everything. That's amazing. We love everything. Yeah. Not like we like uh, everything, we understand, we are tolerant of everything. No, no, no. He loves everything that China is about. That's right. that's staggering. Right. That's really right. quite the uh, quite the statement. Um, Kong, man. Like, it's supposed to be lovely, you know? Yeah, 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 totally. Um, I, I, so, okay, back to something that you were saying, which is you were talking about choices. Like, what, what are the mm. choices here? Like, be, right. so, basically, like, yeah, being if a, if a a messenger for this like corporate government alliance. Basically that's what has happened here. The NBA, a private American corporation has sort of aligned itself with the communist party of China and sort of said, we are in lockstep. Whatever is good for business is good for uh, we're we're happy to do. And if it means that these people are being exploited, if it means there are human rights violations, as long as it's good for business, we will turn a blind eye. And so that is one option, that's one path. I feel like there is another path and that is where I am disappointed in the league and I actually take the, I'm less concerned about China and more concerned about the NBA, which is like, there is another path, which is just renounce China and 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 accept that you are going to have a massive, massive loss on your balance sheets, and it's going to be mm-hmm. really bad for business. But mm-hmm. I do think there is a certain point, and maybe this is very naive of me, uh, without looking at like the uh, the books or whatever of the NBA exactly how much money that that they're making from China. But there is a point where you have like an ethical dilemma. As a business owner, as someone that runs a business, to say like, what what are we about? <laughs> like, yeah. what are we what are what are we comfortable getting in bed with? You know, and yeah. 
And it's it's sad to me that the NBA has fallen in line with the Chinese government and and they've chosen money. They've chosen money and like they like the sad thing is they are making so much money and they're not okay with taking a little bit less money for being on the right side of history. And um yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say other than like I'm really disappointed in that. Hey guys, quick word from our sponsor, Helix Sleep. I know some of you are sleeping on saggy, gross, old mattresses at night, and guess what? You deserve better than that. So I want you to give yourself an upgrade to Helix Sleep. Helix Sleep has a quiz that takes just two minutes to complete and matches your body type and sleep preferences to match the perfect mattress for you. Whether you're a side sleeper, hot sleeper, like a plush or firm bed, with Helix, there's no more confusion and no more compromising. Just go to helixsleep.com slash on the line. Take their two-minute sleep quiz and they'll match you with a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. That's right. The Helix mattress has a 10-year warranty and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. Guess what? They're even gonna pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. So go to helixsleep.com slash on the line. Helix is offering up to $200 off for all mattress orders for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash on the line. That's helixsleep.com slash on the line for up to $200 off your next mattress order. Helix Sleep, do it. All right, back to the show. I mean, when you think about like, oh, okay, like the NBA, uh, you know, obviously they didn't, uh, this, this, soul, this, this whole, uh, you know, kind of maelstrom came out of nowhere and they weren't really ready. They were prepared to deal with it. Um, so, <laughs> you know, they haven't taken the time to like kind of maybe do all the, all the calculus and, and, you know, now is not the time for them to say like, okay, you know what, we're taking a firm stand as a league. Uh, we are severing all business ties with China, um, because of their, you know, problematic, uh, you know, politics and, and, and government and treatment of, of their own people. Um, we're, we're drawing a line here in the sand uh, and we're taking a stand and we're done with China. Um, obviously they weren't prepared to do that this time. Um, and so you're like, okay, well, you know, I get it. Like, that's a pretty drastic thing. Um, obviously they've, they've spent, uh, you know, they, they've first opened an office in China in 1992. They've spent untold, uh, you know, man hours and, and dollars uh, building up this relationship and, you know, just pouring so much into it, realizing that it, it was, you know, and very much in, in, uh, in, in large, um, in large part, the, the future of the league, um, and uh, they now, you know, I think their contract uh, with with uh, Chinese basketball and with, uh, <clears throat> you know, the various, the Tencent, the, the digital yep. broadcaster in China is worth, uh, you know, whatever, like 1.5 billion or something like that, which is like 15% of the basketball related uh, income uh, for the league. Um, so I get it. That's a big chunk to just like immediately like lop off uh, in one fell swoop. Um, so maybe now isn't the time to do that. Let me ask you then, when is the time to do it? Because um, what, like, is this going to get better? Are the protests in Hong Kong going to just dissipate and die down um, without any further like major uh, you know, violence happening between the, the, the police and the protesters? Because, um, y- you know, like r- reading the sort of trajectory of, of, of the news reports, um, you know, this is a protest that started uh, in June. Um, you know, uh, sort of initially sparked by this extradition extradition bill, um, 
but obviously it's become about a lot more than that. And it, and it's sort of, uh, even in the beginning, it was sort of a culmination of a lot more than just that. Um, so these are like tensions that have been boiling for a long time. Um, and they're not going to die down because, um, you know, something like like a quarter of the population of Hong Kong already has uh, has been out in the streets uh, marching and, and protesting, um, you know, spanning. Uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of young people, but it's also, um, you know, older people. It, it really kind of uh, cuts across, um, you know, classes and and. Um, and I mean, the protests themselves are actually complicated. I've, I've um, you know, I'll be honest, I didn't. Uh, I knew, you know, a little bit about what was going on, but I certainly hadn't like delved uh, super deeply into um, into the story until all this happened. Um, which, again, like, thank you, Daryl Morey, for like for forcing me to educate myself. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, has been. Um, I'm I'm glad that I now know a little bit more, um, and I want to continue learning more. Um, and in that process of learning more, I feel pretty comfortable like talking about it and talking about what I've learned so far. Uh, and uh, yeah, it seems like the, the protests are, it's not just like, oh, the good uh, guys uh, are the protesters and the bad guys are China and that's it. Like that's a, a reductive and yeah, like if you, if you had, if you, if you had to boil it down to that, like, sure, that's, I would certainly like lean towards one side uh, <laughs> over the other. Um, but it is like, there are a lot of, uh, of factors and like political factors and also economic factors. Um, and I, you know, I was listening to, to some, uh, pretty intelligent people, um, talking about it on a podcast and talking about how there are all sorts of different elements and groups within these protests. There is like sort of a right wing element of, of, uh, uh, you know, they're, uh, kind of like xenophobic and, and nationalist, uh, fervor, um, and there is obviously like the leg- very legitimate, uh, you know, grievances and fears of, of a lot of the protesters against China and, and the uh, amount of authority that they're trying to um, assume over Hong Kong. Um, and there's all sorts of economic things like a, a big reason why there are so many young protesters in the streets is because uh, a lot of young people are out of work and it's incredibly difficult to um to live a uh, you know a, a, a comfortable life in China as a young person because or sorry in Hong Kong as a young person because of the uh, cost of living and the real estate um, prices which are like some of the highest in the entire world um, and that's because it's a guess what it's a capitalist uh, fucking you know city mm-hmm. uh, like hyper capitalist um, and it makes sense that a lot of the younger and uh, you know, people left out of that system are gonna are gonna react uh, negatively to that. Um, so there's a lot of shit going on, um, and um, I do think that the that it's been a little bit like kind of uh, like reduced and simplified. Um, yeah. But um, uh, the point that I was uh, getting to is that oh yeah, is that it's it's I don't think it's gonna get better because in um, you know this uh, basically when. Britain signed over uh, and handed over Hong Kong to China uh, in 1997, uh, you know, as part of this treaty, the uh, two country, you know, two systems, one country thing that expires in 2047, uh, at which at which point uh, China is uh, set, uh, according to the terms of the deal, set to resume uh, full control of Hong Kong. Right. Um, and that's not that far away. That's 27 years away. Yeah. Um, so do we think between now and then, uh, uh, Hong Kong is going to be more open to just letting Hong Kong, uh, just letting China, um, you know, uh, impose its system completely uh, uh, over Hong Kong. Like, I don't think so. I think I, I'd have a feeling there's probably going to be 
uh, more demonstrations and more violence. And, uh, you know, uh, like, I don't think that either side wants, um, you know, some horrible escalation and, you know, like a Tiananmen Square type situation of, of slaughtering civilians. Um, but, uh, you know, both sides have an investment in that not happening. Uh, you know, Hong Kong is such an important financial hub and everything. So there's like reasons why, I don't think it's gonna. I don't, but also, who knows? Like, I don't. I don't see how it's gonna resolve in a, like a, a neat and, and friendly fashion. Um, and the point is that the worse it gets, or the longer it goes on, the more the NBA is gonna have to answer for mm-hmm. it, and, and the more they're gonna be asked about it. Um, and the other thing is, uh, um, Daryl Moore should be allowed to tweet. <laughs> like, yeah, that, that's the other thing. Like, no matter what. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, honestly, like whether what's whether you're sympathetic to the protesters in Hong Kong or not, um, other people should be allowed to have an opinion about it. And, yeah. And that's that's really not that complicated. And there's some irony here, Ben, and and that's something I want to talk about, which is like. You know, the NBA is very prideful about, you know, its respect for free speech and its athletes. It's very encouraging of its athletes to speak out like on social mm. issues, right? Like of, of course, course the yeah. league famously it's, it's the it's the wokest league. It removed the 2017 NBA All-Star game from Charlotte, North Carolina after the state passed the HB2 bill in 2016. That was a bill that allowed for discrimination against the LGBTQ community forcing uh, transgendered people to use bathrooms that corresponded to their assigned birth at gender, right? And it also mm-hmm. the bill also prevented uh, cities in the state from adopting anti-discrimination policies policies toward LGBTQ people. And, you know, like uh, the NBA got all this love and praise for being so progressive. Like we're going to remove the all-star game until this bill is overturned, which Mm. it eventually was. And they brought the all-star game back. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's an... Made made me feel very good as a a fan of basketball. I I got to feel all warm and fuzzy inside about... LeBron and the Miami Heat obviously famously wore hoodies in support of Trayvon Martin years ago when he was Mm -hmm. famously gunned down um, and that was received. And again, it was considered like this very woke thing, right? And... It's just there. There is some irony here to me because yeah, they they they, they of course kicked uh, uh, Donald Sterling to the curb. Right. Kicked um, Sterling you to know. the curb, right? Like may, may, maybe a few years too late, but hey, whatever. They finally did it. Good for them. And they're also a league where let's bring it back to the Houston Rockets. The Houston Rockets are owned by Tillman Fertitta, who is an adamant supporter of Donald Trump. This is a guy that goes on CNBC to talk about business. He is, you know... He, oh, 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 hang on. I thought you said that uh, he's uh, not, not political, Chris. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, to the contrary, Ben. Like, he is hyper-political. He, oh, wait, wait, hang on. Are you sure? Yes, yeah, he said uh, no, very clearly. No. He, used, he used capital letters, uh-huh. N-O-T, not political organization. Well, Tillman Fertitta will go on national television and harp about giving his employees, personal employees, health care. He harps about minimum wage. He says that socialism scares the hell out of him. He, hmm. you know, he'll go on CNBC and pr- promote his, uh, you know, his new book about uh, business and like, and and uh, he has supported, hosted um, fundraising affairs, luncheons for the Senate, uh, the Senate Republican Majority Leader. Right. So this is a guy that is outspokenly very political and yet Mm. no one has any issue with him owning a team it's never it's never there's never been a problem with him being outspoken politically and having a business stake in the nba and yet Mm -hmm. 
when the shoe is on the other foot, when someone expresses their opinion and it relates to China and there are, and there are um, financial consequences, all of a sudden we get high and mighty about political speech. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it, there is some hypocrisy. There is some irony in all this to me that like, you know, ultimately, like we keep saying, the NBA worships the almighty dollar. Like if, mm-hmm. if Tillman Fertitta does something that people start really caring about, if he says something that really offends people and it affects the NBA's bottom line, then maybe he'll be sanctioned. But until then, like he won't be. And, mm. um, there's just there there's an irony to me about how a lot of the the social activism that's happened in the NBA the last handful of years has been framed as this like you know noble thing but ultimately there is a kind of like business uh, underneath it where it's like mm-hmm. as long as it's good for business we'll, we'll we're happy to wave the flag of wokeness but as soon as it, it as soon as it affects the bottom line then we're going to be apologizing to an totalitarian state yeah yeah and you know i i blame myself chris honestly uh sure <laughs> I, I blame myself for really ever thinking that that the nba was uh some sort of you know good and and pure you know sanctuary uh uh, f- you know, for me to to seek, uh, you know, just a, a solace from the fucking ra- raging garbage fire that is the rest of, of uh-huh. you know, con- con- the contemporary like American life. Uh, y- you know, like I-, I would always feel so good to say, oh, I like basketball. I don't like football. Right. The NFL is the bad league. Some people go the to NBA church, is then. the good league. Some people go to church. You went to the NBA. That is where yeah. you found your true moral compass was in the <clears throat> and NBA. And listen. Like you know, I knew I'm not a complete moron. I knew that that uh, that they are a massive corporation that uh, seeks to uh, enrich itself at at no end. Um, but it, I, I was like, well, you know what? If they do that while still sort of you yeah. know expressing some beliefs and some ideals and values Is that, that I uh, yeah. that I share, then hey, you know what? Like. That makes me feel good, and I and it really did. Um, and it and like you know, uh, I you know, it's it's just like I'm I'm actually kind of uh, happy now that um, that I that I that we fully fully understand yeah. um, you know the, the nature of of this massive capitalist corporation, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's actually very good and, and cool. Um, that we uh, that we now get to uh, open our eyes ben, to we are the woke. we are very yeah, woke. We, we are extremely woke. Um, we are uh, pretty much living in a uh, future dystopian nightmare, um, which is awesome because all of my favorite movies uh, are set in um, future dystopias. Um, so it, it's really cool that uh, China now uh, controls not only its own citizens but also the citizens of the United States. And the um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's really impressive work, uh, honestly, on on their on China's part. Um, Get on YouTube. I, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they really they fucking know what they're doing over there sure. uh, in China. I gotta I gotta hand it to them. Um, speaking though, back to back to uh, the topic of um, of political owners. Um, I have to. We have to talk just briefly here about uh, Joseph Tsai, oh, yes. um, yeah. who is um, if you're not familiar. Uh, with with that name, he's the the new uh, full owner. I guess he was a a minority owner, but he's now the majority owner of the uh, the coolest franchise uh, in the NBA. I'm talking, of course, about the Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to Brooklyn. Shout out uh, Biggie Smalls, yeah. Jay Z. 
Um, Authoritarianism uh, is very cool, man. Yeah. Um, so Joseph Tsai, who is a uh, Taiwanese Canadian, um, but uh, did the, uh, uh, the the made the bulk of his billion dollar uh, or multi billion dollar uh, worth uh, in China as the one of the co-founders and uh, I guess co-owners of um, Alibaba, which is basically China's Amazon, if I understand that correctly. Um, so when I uh, when I mentioned before that um, that China is now extending you know its its propaganda arm uh, into America via the NBA, um, the man who is basically the the sort of uh, front facing leader, the the most vocal um, megaphone of that uh, propaganda for the People's Republic of China is. Brooklyn Nets owner Joseph Tsai, um, uh, because he wrote a Facebook post, Chris. I don't know if you saw this. Saw um, yeah. In in re- in reply to the whole uh, Maury kerfuffle, and um, wow, uh, this was a real doozy, folks. Um, I uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean jo- Joseph Tsai is um, it's plain and simple. He's he's a propagandist. He's a a puppet yeah. and a mouthpiece of the Chinese Communist Party, nothing more, nothing less. Like, let's just make it really simple and really clear. That's what he is. Um, he has made so much fucking money uh, thanks to China. Oh, and another thing that um, that was brought up in, in the Dunked On podcast um, by... Uh, by Bill Bishop, which I thought was interesting, is is how he mentioned how you know how American companies um, who deal with China are really in a tight spot. Um, you know, as we've seen from all the all the various apologies posted to social media and all the various you know f- people employees that they've had to fire and, and all the little you know controversies and scandal mini scandals um, uh, that that American companies have had to suffer because of China's you know whims. Um, uh, this guy Bill Bishop mentioned that Chinese companies, if you think American companies have it tough, Chinese companies, um, which are you know still basically private, uh, y- you know capitalist uh, corporations, um, but operate you know at the at the um, pleasure of the Communist Party, they have it so much tougher than American companies. The 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 sort of um, you know strictness and and um, and rigidity that they have to operate with. Um, you know, is it, just uh, like leaps and bounds beyond um, what America uh, ha- has to deal with. So when you think of like how how strict and, and how like the tiniest little infraction for an American company can get you in hot water, like imagine that times like a million uh, in, in China. So it's no surprise whatsoever that Joseph Tsai, as the co-founder and owner of Alibaba, one of the biggest corporations in all of China, um, is is like by definition a a mouthpiece of chinese communist propaganda like there could be no there there's absolutely no way he he wouldn't be that as someone who has made that much money in china um he has a vested so when, interest in china being yeah of course i i mean like literally he would not have been able to make that money without without you know you know pledging complete fealty and loyalty um to to the chinese uh, communist party line so when he wrote that statement on facebook um to anyone that was like oh wow this is interesting oh he's he's giving like um sort of a different perspective um you know he's trying to educate people uh, uh, uh and and kind of shed some light on this very very complicated subject um that's not the case uh <laughs> 
uh, let me break it to you. Um, this guy is spouting pure communist propaganda. Uh, and how do I know that? Because of the way he wrote it, they're yeah. like, uh, I mean, I just have to read some lines yep. from this. So he starts out, he says, uh, when I bought controlling interest in the Brooklyn Nets in September, I didn't expect my first public communication with our fans would be to comment on something as politically charged and grossly misunderstood. So immediately he's mm-hmm. he's condescending to people uh, that they have no idea what they're talking about. Uh, something is politically charged and grossly misunderstood as the way hundreds of millions of Chinese NBA fans feel about what just happened. Wow. So Joseph Tsai is telling you right here and now, he's not he's not speaking to you on behalf of the Chinese government. No. He's talking about the fans, the fan Chris. The fans. Listen, there are 1.4 billion people in China, and Joe Tsai knows all of them, and he has talked to all of them. <laughs> he actually was able to uh-huh. communicate with all of them within hours uh-huh. of Daryl Morey's tweet. Um, and and he, then he was able to write this letter on behalf of each and every one of those 1.4 billion people's uh, thoughts and feelings, um, which is really uh, incredible, uh, if you ask me. So uh, uh, going moving on here in his letter, he says... Um, uh, he's a little later on. He says the Rockets, who by far had been the favorite team in China, um, which also isn't totally true. The Golden State Warriors are extremely popular. The Los Angeles Lakers are very popular. Um, uh, various polls have have uh, whatever. That's a totally minor point. Um, but he he says um, the Rockets, who by far were the favorite team in China, are now effectively shut out of the Chinese market as fans abandon their love for the team. Can you believe that, Chris? It wasn't uh, it wasn't Tencent. It wasn't CCTV. Yeah. The, uh, the, the the Chinese telev- uh, state television station. It wasn't um, you know Chinese government or business interests um, who who uh, who determined uh, this uh, this response to the NBA. No, it was the fans, Chris. It was the fans that all decided collectively, all together at once, immediately to say we don't like the Rockets anymore. We're not going to watch them anymore. Um, which is curious to me because uh, uh, it turns out that preseason games. Uh, it did uh, proceed uh, in China um, following this, and it turns out that um, Chinese fans, wouldn't you know, they they still showed up to the game. Um, I don't I don't know if you if you saw that, I but did see that. Uh, the the Lakers and Nets um, did not actually, in fact, play to a completely fucking empty arena, um, which is shocking because I thought that um, all the fans um, ha- had abandoned uh, their their love. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, Joe Sai goes on here. Fans in China are calling for an explanation. And they're, if they're not getting it from the Houston Rockets, then it's natural that they ask others associated with the NBA to express a view. So he's just really just doing a service here to the fans because all of these fans uh, are, you know, they're, they're, they're demanding, uh, you know, they're, gonna, they're saying, hey, someone tell us what's going on here. How Daryl Morey did such a bad thing. Um, our feelings are so hurt. Oh, keep in mind, by the way, that um, you can't get Twitter in China. So not a single NBA, uh, NBA fan in China um, saw Daryl Morey's tweet. Um, but that's beside the point. Um, so, uh, so Joseph Tsai goes on. The NBA is a fan-first league. Um, do you notice a trend here, yeah. Chris? Um, he writes, when, millions, when hundreds of millions of fans are furious, furious over an issue... The league and anyone associated with the NBA will have to pay attention. Um, so, um, so yeah, clearly, um, it, it uh, hundreds seems of millions. Like, uh, Joseph Tsai is attributing the anger of the Chinese government 
And yeah. if you select corporations... Well, I mean, I think the government is really just acting on behalf of all these fans. Yeah. I think, <laughs> you know, see- clearly they're... There, there, there were mass demonstrations in the streets across uh, China, uh, 1.4 billion people, and the Chinese government had had simply no uh, no choice but to act. Joseph you know? Tsai got 1.4 billion emails and text messages. Oh, oh my God! The texts and the emails were just flooding Dear his Joe, inbox. Huge NBA fan, major Rockets fan over here in mainland China. Want to let you know I am pissed, my my, my guy. Yeah, first uh, time caller, long time listener. Count um, me as fan number one. One billion two hundred million thousand <laughs> seven hundred and forty-two. My guy, uh, there's a long yeah, line yeah. after me. Yeah, um, yeah. So he's talking about all the fans, so furious. Um, and then uh, he goes on uh, to a little to a little history lesson here. Chris uh, Joseph Tsai says, supporting a separatist movement in a Chinese territory is one of those third rail issues. Now it's really important that he uh, uh, characterizes the protests in Hong Kong as a separatist movement. Um, yeah, uh, because uh, that is in fact a uh, a, a well worn yeah. uh, sort of tactic, um, a standard script, if you will. Um, anytime there's any sort of issue with one of China's disputed territories, um, it is not a, a matter of uh, democracy or representation or, you know, not being uh, abused by a, a police force or anything like that. No, no, no. It's a it's a uh, dirty, rotten separatist movement, right. um, which uh, which is uh, by nature illegitimate and wrong and bad. Um, That's like and, the uh, way in the United States we refer to like when protests are politicized will the right does it the left does it they'll refer to a protester as a radical like Mm -hmm, you know as mm -hmm. like dangerous this isn't just a normal protester this is someone that is trying to cause as a domestic terrorist or something yeah right and of of course in in the uh you know state disseminated uh propaganda in in china the the protests are referred to frequently as riots Mm -hmm. um and and one of the protesters demands in fact um are to um, are to, uh, to to not be characterized as a riot right. for the for the protests. Imagine yeah, that. not to be characterized. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so so Josai um, uh, goes on here. Um, uh, 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 so yeah, so su- supporting a separatist movement is is a third rail. Uh, and then he says, one point four billion Chinese citizens stand united when it comes to the territorial integrity of China and the country's sovereignty over her, her homeland. Now, it's really interesting that he uses the words territorial integrity and sovereignty because uh, in basically every uh, American company's um, uh, issued apology statement, anytime they offend China, uh, they, they actually use those exact words. Um, and in fact, that's why I chose to use those words in my opening statement, Chris. Um, <laughs> Territorial integrity and national sovereignty um, are 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 uh, are basically you know just part of the script again um, that that you have to uh, that you that you have to use um, whenever you are uh, pledging your allegiance to China. Um, uh, and then he goes into this history lesson about the uh, the opium wars uh, and, and the uh, um, uh, let's see he gets into the uh, um, the Qing Dynasty and uh, you know all sorts of stuff uh, going going back uh, centuries um, the and, and Beijing, all of it yeah yeah, yeah all, all the all the all the hits through history which, is, um, one, which to, is a way to remind you that you're not from China and you don't have a degree in Chinese history right well so right so first of all he's he's delegitimizing anyone's uh, criticism because they don't know the history right. um, uh, and um, yeah basically it's it's again a standard script anytime 
the, the PRC wants to like you know weaponize their their nationalism, um, they have to use all of these little historical um, uh, things, yeah, to 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 prove that any like even the slightest provocation. Yeah. Um, has to be has to be considered as you know possibly the next step in like a, yeah. a, a massive war yeah. or like you know uh, you know a foreign a foreign country coming in and and uh, you know stealing their homeland yeah. and, and all this stuff um, and so yeah Joe size is, is literally just regurgitating uh, a, a party like a fucking like boilerplate uh, communist party document here. It's hilarious, um, uh, man. Like I, I, I've been saying it a bunch now. Like we keep making China to be the bad guy here, but it's the NBA. It's like, you know, at the end of the day, Daryl Morey should be able to send a tweet. And if he can't send a tweet without sending out like an apology letter to follow it, then something's wrong. Like, like yeah. he's he, <laughs> and like um, the NBA probably isn't going to be able to tell China what to do or how to govern and it's probably not our place but we also don't have to voluntarily do business with them and we are yeah we don't have to do business and we don't have to voluntarily just like fucking fall in line yeah. lockstep as part of their fucking propaganda yeah which is what we're doing also, thanks whole, to joe Sai. the whole response to this whole daryl mori thing too i think is like very interesting because the nba could have just said Hey, look, uh, our, one of our GMs wrote this and, uh, if you guys hate it and if you're offended, we understand that's your position, but, and if you want to not be in business with us anymore, that's something you're entitled to, but we're not going to issue you an apology. And, uh, they didn't, the NBA said, no, we will fall on the sword. We are, we will apologize to you. We will kiss the ring. We will tell you, we love you. We will make our, not only will we apologize to you, but we will go out of our way to criticize Daryl Morey as LeBron James did. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, I just have to like finish up the, yeah, the, the side letter real quick, just a couple more notes. Um, so he just says, so he finished, he, he finishes up his letter by saying, uh, when the topic of any separatist movement, again, referring to it as a separatist movement comes up, Chinese people feel a strong sense of shame and anger. Um, so this is interesting because when he says Chinese people, uh, feel a strong sense of shame and anger. Uh, and he says that 1.4 billion Chinese citizens stand united, um, he's kind of owning himself because he's unwittingly admitting here that Hong Kong is, in fact, not a part of China. Because, obviously, Hong Kong uh, does not stand united uh, when it comes to the territorial integrity of China because, uh, y- you know, like, that's part of why th- millions of people are protesting in the streets. Um, but you know, in China, if you say something like that, you can get thrown in prison, uh, without a trial indefinitely. So I would, uh, just caution Joe Tsai, um, uh, you know, when you, when you say that, uh, that literally every single person in China, um, feels the exact same way, uh, about this topic, uh, you, you are, uh, inherently saying that, uh, Hong Kong or Taiwan or Tibet, uh, or any of these other places, um, aren't part of China yeah. because uh, if they were part of China, then, then they would feel the same way, I guess, uh, as everyone else in mainland China. Um, so then, yeah, his, uh, his, his final, uh, sentence here is just, uh, um, that, uh, he asked the Chinese fans to, uh, to keep the faith, uh, in, in, in what, uh, the NBA can, uh, in what, uh, NBA and basketball can do to unite people. Um, and, uh, yeah. So he says the word, <laughs> Let me just do a quick Google search here. He uses the word fan or fans 
10 fucking times in this in this uh in this uh post on facebook like like the guy is is so full of shit he's just it's just in on the fan experience man like yeah he's just it's at the the first line of defense like he if you email like fan appreciation at brooklynets.com it just goes directly to joseph Sai. Yeah, yeah. The guy is so plugged in. He's he really like has the, his ear. He is the customer service rep. Like, yeah, if you have yeah. any issue, if you are a Nets fan listening to this podcast and you have a good time or a bad time, you should email Joseph Sai because he mm-hmm. wants to know immediately. He's at the Genius Bar. Yes. He's ready to take your call. Hey, I'm um, Joe. Uh, what can I do for you? Yeah. Yeah. Hi, this is Joe at the at the at the China hey, Genius uh, Bar. Joe in mainland China. What's up? What can I do for you? Yeah. Um, so it's very cool that he sent that letter um, so that we could all understand this issue a lot more clearly. Thank you, Joe, um, for your service. Uh, I can't wait to, to see, um, you know, how his tenure as the owner of one of the 30 NBA teams. So like, yeah, it's happening. Man. It's happening. I, I, I'm almost like yeah. part of me is like, I'm worried. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm verging into like xenophobia territory here. I, I understand like I'm, I'm trying to be self-aware enough to like realize like, is this getting a little like red scare-ish here? Am I, am I saying like Joe Sai is like an evil communist who's like coming to like, I don't know, like take our babies. Like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm going overboard with this, but I just want to like reiterate that this guy is, um, is a, uh, uh, you know, he's basically like infiltrated the league. He's now, uh, one of the most powerful owners. Um, and clearly he like, you know, the owner's, are setting the the tone for the discourse yeah. here again, I mean, I like the players and the pi- coaches. A pipeline between China and the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, yeah, like, undeniably. Yeah. Which is yeah. to say, there is a pipeline between the oppressive authoritarian government of China and the Brooklyn Nets. Like, yeah, that's not... and the Brooklyn Nets are now, uh, you know, a, an apologist for like they. Yeah. There's no question, like how. It, like they are anyone the, they are the face of like authoritarian government. Yeah. yeah. I mean, shit like part. So didn't, did Kyrie tweet something like I'm, I'm like reading up on this yeah, issue. Kyrie said he's still reading up on it. I mean, if there's like maybe one guy who would say something wild, uh, uh, like maybe Kyrie is that guy. Like I'm now suddenly like maybe a fan of his cause I'm rooting for him to just like say some crazy ass shit. Yeah. Um, that might actually like have, uh, like some, some truth in it. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not holding out hope. I don't have my fingers crossed here, but, but man, like, uh, I can't wait to see how this shakes out. Um, uh, but yeah, just really, really happy for, for Kevin, uh, Durant and Kyrie Irving, yeah. uh, for getting the chance to play for such a cool owner. Uh, it's Jeez, very, very man. cool what is, that, um, what a summer, what an NBA summer it's been. I really yeah. wasn't, I really wasn't expecting this one here at the, uh, the beginning to middle of October with this China story, but God, so uh, yeah. it's 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 been a wild ride, but um, let's let's wrap it up here, Ben. The NBA season yeah. opens up on Tuesday. We are uh, excited to talk about basketball. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, uh, I can't wait for some some Zion dunks. Oh wait, is he? He might be injured now. Yeah, um, like he's injured. Yeah. But, well, I'm sure someone else will dunk, and then we'll all forget about this. Um, well, Ben, but, uh, this was a yeah. necessary pod. We had to do the China conversation. Uh, yeah, it's always. I apologize if I got a little dark. Um, yeah. You know, I'm I'm is, I'm working the, some stuff out. This is the world we live in. This is the league that yeah. we love, and uh, I don't know. It's the league that we love, and it's the country that we love, it's the, China. It's the, <laughs> it's the league we love, the China we love. Um, 
Thanks for hopping on the pod here, man, and uh, excited to dive back into some NBA action with you as the season unfolds, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right. Sounds good, Chris. A pleasure as always. All right, guys. That was the China Podcast. Uh, difficult but necessary conversation. Hope you enjoyed it. We are, uh, we are psyched to get back to NBA basketball. I hope you are too. My name's Chris Wendelkin. This is On The Line. You can tweet at us at OnTheLine underscore pod. Find us on Instagram. Check out previous episodes on our website, OnTheLinePodcast.com. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe to the show and stitch your iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts. Have a great couple of days here. Enjoy the October weather. Happy NBA. Basketball is back. I will talk to you next week.